Culture Kings. Culture Kings. I wanted to say, I understand that people really like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but the DC Animated Universe is fucking dope. I just uh, watched Justice League Apocalypse, Apocal- Justice League Dark Apocalypse War, and that shit is straight fire. Is that new? Is that new or is brand that brand new? Brand spanking new. I mean, well, the DC, the DC animation has always been good even going back to you know the batman series uh the batman animated series and that's right so yeah i mean i i completely i completely can see why that is still the same because you should check it out they're not trying to rush anything they're not trying to rush anything yeah do they call it the dcu is that what they call the the dc Uh, uh, cinematic universe I don't know. What do they call it, Matthew? Is it the DCCU? Is it the DCCU? The or is it just the DC. I think it's the DCEU. What's the E? I don't know, but I think that's what I've seen online. I think you're right that it is called DCEU. I don't know what the extended? E stands for either. Maybe expanded, mm. extended. I don't know. Interesting. But maybe but that's no, why I, not I prefer. It. I prefer the DC animated universe for sure. Okay. What's if I was to ask you right now, because um, your boy is, is starting to get the opportunity to actually voice some animated shows, which is fun, uh, and you, it's no secret that I am a huge animation fan, uh, so it's been on my mind a lot lately, what would be, in your opinion, the three greatest animated characters of all time? Oh, uh, yeah, that's very easy for me. Number one would have to be Bojack. Uh, I think that's the greatest animated character of all time. Number two would have to be Archer. And then, uh, number three is, uh, uh, probably Chef from South Park. Oh, from South Park? That's interesting. Okay, I like that. I like that. Uh, it's also interesting that, I mean, South Park has been around for a very long time since the nineties. Uh, but two of your, two of your characters are also more recent 2000, uh, 2010, uh, animated characters. Mine are a little more classic. Well, one is newer, uh, in no particular order. I think SpongeBob is there. Mm -hmm. I think... I think um, uh, Bugs Bunny is the greatest animated character of all time, uh, and three. Always, I've I've been having a struggle with three because three for me is either Tom and Jerry, and I know that's two, but they're really one. Or three for me is Homer Simpson, and I don't know. I can't pinpoint. Why I can't choose which one between those two? I mean, yeah, I, 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 I think because it's like Homer is an evolution on Tom and Jerry and Bugs Bunny. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's why I picked BoJack is because I feel like, I feel like yes, animation back then was good, but I think now we're finally at a point where we can tell animations. We're we're finally tell, and at least in America. They've been doing this in Japan since forever and other mm-hmm. places since forever. We're finally telling animated stories with depth. Like, I feel yeah. like, you know, I mean, obviously, 
Looney Tunes was incredible and all that stuff. But animation has always been kind of treated as for kids or where you do silly shit. Like even when adult animation was blowing up in the mid 2000s, early 2010s and all that, it was all like, what's the raunchiest, dirtiest jokes we can put on animation? And right. why I appreciate shows like Archer and Bojack is because, you know, they were finally like, no, you can tell in-depth storytelling with character yeah. arc and all that stuff through animation. So I would pick Homer over Tom and Jerry because I feel like Homer is a pioneer in that. Well, Whereas, so, you know, well, here is here is well, here's why I actually have to dis- disagree with that. Uh, I think when we were with with just one point in that where cartoons are were for kids. I think when we were growing up, Looney Tunes and Tom and Jerry were very much viewed uh, for kids. But when they were coming out, like when Mary Melodies and Looney Tunes was coming out, and when Tom and Jerry was coming out, and the Jetsons, uh, the Flintstones. Um, those were all adult animated shows. You're right. Uh, You're one hundred percent correct. Like Tom and Jerry and Looney Tunes were shorts for before movies. Not, I mean, and they would, especially Looney Tunes. They had a lot of political propaganda in them. Uh, they had a lot of. They had a lot of uh, adult themes. They were not considered for kids. Uh, even the I Jetsons don't disagree. I don't disagree with that. I think I, I I understand what you're saying, and then I agree that they were definitely for adults. Like, yeah, I mean, if you watch some old Bugs Bunny shit and you see the kind of shit that he's saying, you're just like, oh, yeah, this was definitely not intended for little kid brains. I think for me, it's more in the sophistication in the storytelling. And I understand yeah. that they were limited. They were very limited in the resources that they had. So, like, of course, they were just putting out these short clips. And who knows what kind of stories they could tell if they had the full-on ability to animate the way that we do now. Like... Mm-hmm. The shit that they took them to that the sh- the amount of effort it took them to make those five minute clips, we can make kids do that now for fun. Like you know what I mean? Sure, like, kids do that now for fun on Instagram. So I understand that, but I think just for me, it's just like it's just a matter of like sophistication and storytelling. Yeah. I, well, one th- well one my favorite cartoon of all my favorite Looney Tunes short of all time is Run Amuck, uh, Duck Amuck. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. And the reason I love this, and for anybody who doesn't know, this is if you watch Looney Tunes, it was the first time Daffy Duck uh, started the short, and then everything around him kept changing. Uh, like the pencil would come in and erase stuff around him, and he would yes. be a completely different character. And then by yes. the time it got to the end of the episode, it was revealed that it was Bugs Bunny. The reason that that short is so influential. Like it's been called one of the most influential shorts of for animation of all time. It's because it was the first animated short or the first animated thing in general that brought forth the idea that you don't need visual, uh, you don't need visual reminders to uh, introduce personality that you recognize. Uh, because there were so many times that they changed Daffy Duck's. He wasn't even on screen, but you could still see him in your mind just by hearing his voice and knowing his personality. Uh, and that's and that's that's more toward Chuck Jones than anything else, like because he's yeah. a pioneer. Uh, but so I do think for me, and I love your choices too. I think they're valid. We just have two different lists. Uh, I think for me, when we look at Looney Tunes and Tom and Jerry, they are very much pioneers for that opening tour storytelling that we weren't getting before people like Chuck Jones or Fritz Freeman yeah. and all these people actually say, you know what, let's do something different. Let's try, let's try to prove something with, with this shit. And I think, yeah, it was dope. I don't know how we got on this conversation, but I think it was fun. 
No, I mean, again, like none of that without Chuck making those experimental choices, you don't have Bojack, right? Like that, like I respect, I respect the pioneer and I respect the process of all that. I just enjoy the final product, the result of it more than yeah. I enjoy the inception of it. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Well, that's why I don't listen gonna... to 80s hip hop. Is is why you don't listen. <laughs> no, eighties hip hop. I don't need. Is, I, is, it's truly them discovering the because it's them discovering the shit. It's them going a hip, huh? You know what I mean? It's just like it's them figuring that shit out. Versus, I enjoy what we're listening to now, which is an expansion on what they started. I respect what they did, but I enjoy the expansion on those ideas. Yeah, I think one thing that I do appreciate with those older cartoons, uh, or cartoons that really hit. Because it is not the older cartoons uh, are shorts that have replay value. Um, yes. You know, it's hard to sit like a, a, a an episode like a BoJack that has an A, B and C story. It's a little easier probably to sit down and watch that and watch it again and again because you're following a story that you like. Uh, it's not easy to do that in seven to 11 minutes and be able to sit down and replay it and watch it over and over and over uh as well and those all those things in general replay value is such a mark of a good show uh when it comes to animation because you know you're seeing the same shit that we all have seen since we were children or you know teenagers or young adults and we can still watch them all the time it's true it's true but you know where we haven't been we haven't been to space we've never been to space no one's ever drawn a cartoon in space never there's never been any depiction of space ever on television. But there's one coming. Yeah. It's called Space Force. That's right. And we're talking to a big, big star from that show. The homie from Yo Is This Racist. And upcoming Space Force show coming on Netflix. Let's talk to Tawny Newsome. Tawny, Tawny, Tawny. This uh, yes, you know we we've had we've had we've had a play rivalry between our two shows here on Earwolf, but <laughs> but only when we weren't on Earwolf. Since we've come, uh, we've had nothing but ceasefire between Yo and Culture Kings, and yeah, and, and I don't know. Yeah, I, I, it feels it feels nice. It feels nice. Do you think that's because now in the in the play rivalry, would you say that y'all coming over to Earwolf means that? you won or and you've infiltrated our territory or we won and you're actually hostages like which uh okay i see what you're saying i see what you're saying because it's it's like all right we were we were at war and you absorbed Uh us and now we have to follow your rule or or war and we came in and now we're bringing our flavor to your house right Mm. yeah oh i don't know i don't know i think I think, I think, and you know, we also share producers now, too. I think we just have too many. I think you guys won. I'm going to be honest. I think you yeah, guys won. Yeah, I think won. you guys won. Oh, that's too nice. Yeah. I feel like you guys won because you got to come over here and we don't get to tell you what to do. <laughs> that's true. That's true. We have that no control true. over you. Y'all just took up residency in our house. So we that did. seems like that's a win true. to me. We did. We did take the we did take the nice rooms too. We took the nice rooms, <laughs> you know, with the with the with the floor to ceiling windows. Yeah, we had the uh-huh, most refri- uh-huh. refrigerator space. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. do you? What's in your? What do you stock in the re- in the refrigerator? Uh, oh. Half-eaten bowls of Lucky Charms. Oh, um, I do that. Let me tell you what I do with my Lucky Charms. And I know people, you know, during these trying times, may not like to hear how wasteful I am. But I'll pour two bowls of Lucky Charms and then pick the marshmallows out of one and put them in the bowl I'm actually going to eat. And, uh, and Whoa. then do, I know. It's bad. It's bad. That's but, fucked up. <laughs> but That's not but, even bad. That's just straight fucked up. I mean, I put that, but that's what's in the fridge, though. You know what I'm saying? So is it that fucked up when we're sharing the fridge Yeah, because you're together? not going to eat that one. You're not going to eat that other bowl. I don't know. I, I, do I, you eat the other bowl? No. <laughs> like the other, the other one you don't treat like a post-workout like a healthy snack <laughs> nah nah can you imagine if you after a workout you just downed just the grain part of lucky charms <laughs> well because if you're if the rest of your diet is mostly marshmallow that would be a very healthy <laughs> Yeah, post-workout yeah. meal. I mean, you know, it's still got some grains in there. It's just double the amount of marshmallows. And then what I'll do is I'll I'll pour them in a bag, in a little baggie, and, you know, zip them up uh, and pretend like I'm going to actually touch them later. And then, like, a okay. month later, say, you know what? Just go ahead and throw these in the garbage. Just uh, throw do you out. drink regular milk? I do drink regular milk, yeah. Okay, cool. What about you, Tani? No, I haven't been on dairy for 10 years. Yeah, I was gonna say you give me vegan vibes. I do. I do like mostly vegan. I'm not strict about it because then I love seafood too much, and I, it's just not that serious to oh, okay. me. So I do like 80 percent of the time though. I eat plant based. Okay, that's good. 80 percent is very good. That's all. That's better than you know most people who say that they're flex. Most people who say they're flex is just like, yeah, I have an impossible burger the fifth time I order a burger. But like you're actually yeah, 80 percent is huge. I mean, just seafood. That's that's huge. Well, because I was vegan. I went from being, I, ch- I don't always like talk about it a lot on pods because food politics, people get so mad. Um, yeah. But uh, I, I was full vegan for a while and it just didn't totally suit me. Mostly just because I'm like a OCD a perfectionist person. And so when I would crave something and like beat myself up and not be able to have it, I was really like upset. So I just made it like, I, I never touch dairy because I'm legit allergic to it. Um, and me meat is rare. But uh, but my husband eat, eats meat sometimes, so we have it in the house. But like, I legitimately like plant based food better. I feel better when I eat it. So it's really just mm. if I'm like, I have to go to boiling crab. <laughs> we gotta have some seafood in the house. Gotta have that crab. <laughs> gotta have that crab. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It, On yes. that whole food politics thing, I think it's just like I understand where some people are coming from in terms of like, there's some language that we have to like change, and there's some ideas that we have to change in order so that we can accept. Like, you know, more plant-based diets. But, you know, people lose me when they say shit like saying that someone as ugly as a pig is a slur. Like, that's when I'm like, all right, I'm out. (laughs) He lost me. Wait a minute. What did they say? What did they say? Like, there's, I remember there was this post that was just saying, hey, if we don't say the N-word, then why do we say things like, oh, she's as ugly as a pig or they're as lazy as a dog. Like, speciesism is no different than (laughs) racism. And I was like, man, if you don't shut the fuck up. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I mean. You gotta shut the fuck up. Until animals actually speak English, this holds no water. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if anything, that's more insulting to the human than the the animal you can. Yeah, Yeah, you want to talk about that just being rude. (laughs) Yeah, we can talk about it being rude. (laughs) (laughs) What would you do, though, if you said, hey, man. 
If you're talking to someone, you'd be like, hey, man, you being lazy like a dog. Your dog was like, hey, hold on, man. Stop that shit. Those are <laughs> hey, 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 that's a stereotype about my people. <laughs> I'm out here working hard every day to put food on the table. <laughs> Yo, I pay talk, my bills. <laughs> real talk, if, if, if your animal, to, if your pet just talked, <laughs> I think I would run. I think I would literally run away and never come back. Oh, man. It's, I it's think so hard. Mine, mine has to. I've had her for 16 years. I have a cat. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow. at this point, you should have learned a word or two. I don't believe <laughs> you true. don't know any words. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Because at, at a certain point, it's just like, you keep hearing the same thing. You can say it. You can, you yep. can say it. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. She can talk. <laughs> I think it's for me, it's just like I've been too conditioned by movies like where like, I don't know, I'm stuck where like, you know, in the movies where it's like that person can talk to the dog and then trying to tell somebody else. And the other person is like, you crazy. I just don't know if Anna <laughs> came to me, if Anna came to me with all earnesty in her heart and was just like, yo, the dog is talking to me. I would I would lock her mm-hmm. up, bro. I don't know. I could not just be like, yeah, I believe you, Anna. I can't. I would be the guy who, if a ghost was in our house, I would be that boyfriend who's just like, Anna, it's all in your head. I just know that that's who I am. Like, I would, I would Damn. be that boyfriend. And you would be the first person to die. He's always the first person. Well, <laughs> he's not the first person. He's always like the last person because he goes, you were right. And then the ghost fucking kills him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But would y'all, believe, would y'all believe your partner if your partner came to you and said, Look, the dog is talking to me. Or, the, or here's the three things. I got three. Which one would you believe your partner in more? If they said the dog is talking to me, there's a ghost in our house, or someone from the future came and told me something. Which, which one, one would I those believe three? more? The most. Yeah. Which one out of those three would you believe the most? Which one would you believe the least? Ooh. I think I would mm. believe. Ooh. I would believe the ghost the most. Uh, yeah 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 i would believe the ghost the most i would believe i would believe my partner is the craziest if they say the dog is talking to you (laughs) (laughs) and i would and i would believe the future the least (laughs) interesting okay i think i would believe okay I feel like I would believe the ghost the most, but my husband, there's no way on earth he believes in ghosts. So there's no Mm. way that he would ever, even if it was a ghost, even if, you know, white rags and was standing in front of him, he would be like, this (laughs) is is something else. (laughs) Yeah. Chains, (laughs) a wreath. I don't know. Um, There's no way he would admit that it's a ghost. So I Mm. think I would be more inclined to believe the pet talking and then, but then I'm, I'm like, I want to believe in like time travel. I I don't fully, but I want to believe in it. Like I watch enough sci-fi that I'm like, yeah, somebody from the future, like all this COVID shit right now. I'm like, what if it is aliens? What if there's something, you know, like, I don't know. I want some kind of crazy sci-fi related time travel conspiracy theory to be true. I mean, it would be, I, I would, I don't know. Time travel scares me because time travel to the future scares me. I would do time Did travel you watch, to the past. Oh, 
um, you're the only black person in the world who's ever said that. <laughs> yeah, that's the craziest shit I ever done heard. To keep, no, well, keep here's like, why. Oh, man, everybody else want to go to the 2024, 2028. I'm trying to go to 1842. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I would have to put parameters on it, right? I would have to put like, I got a device where if I die, I just wake up back in my own time. Right. And then and then, you know, I can easily just press a button and get zapped back. But if I go with the knowledge that I have now and you Mm -hmm. let me take a weapon. Oh, man, I'm going to kill so many people uh, in the same time. (laughs) But you just threw in there that also we're letting you. I don't know who's in charge of this, but someone (laughs) is giving you permission to take a weapon. That's a very different. That's a different thing. And it's I also, mean, let's say that, let's say that you do get killed, right? Well, whatever thing happens, like maybe you get sick because there's a bacteria out there that your body's not used to because like we've already gotten rid of it or whatever it is, you die. And then you leave that weapon in the past. It gets mm-hmm. into the wrong hands. Uh, mm-hmm. But then when I wake up, the future is going to be wild. The future is going to be very. The yeah, what if someone gonna, introduced an AR-15 true. in the 1800s? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It's so fucked up. It would be. But the thing is, our species is so fucking basic and dumb that like it wouldn't be that wild. All You would wake up back in this time. And instead of people arguing to be able to have, you know, uh, assault rifles or whatever, they would be arguing to have like just rockets. They'd be like, I, yeah. it's in the Constitution yeah. that I get to have a nuclear weapon. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> my forefather had same shit AK-47. just escalated. <laughs> Yeah. 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 I guess I just want to go back in time and, like, be the best parts of Django, um, where (laughs) he did all the cool shit. But the reason I say the future scares me is because if I go to the future and find out some shit that I don't want to know and then have to come back to the present, I feel like it would just wreck my whole present because all I'm trying to do is change the future. So I would rather not yeah. know and just be okay with whatever happens instead of knowing and and letting that fuck my whole present life up because I know I'm mm-hmm. working towards something, whether it's good or bad. So that's yeah. why I'm, af- I'm afraid of both because I'm afraid of sleeping with either my ancestors or my descendants. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's fair. <laughs> which one is which one which one is worse uh, uh, uh i don't know i don't know this is this tawny uh thank you so much for coming on the show and, and absolutely and, and having us talk to you about the wildest shit for the first 10 minutes of this conversation uh, always i'm always down for it um, I I I don't know if I can answer the descendants or answer. I think they both be worse. I'm sorry. I think descendants would be worse. Descendants has to be worse. Yeah, that's, that's your DNA, bro. Ancestors is your DNA in theory. <laughs> <laughs> this is the wildest. This is the wildest conversation. Uh, Tony, <laughs> it's just like, would you rather sleep with your great 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 grandma or your great 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 granddaughter? Uh. We should take a break now. Tony, I, I, um, so the last time we did a live show way back in the, way back in the day, 
Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Which was very which was very fun. And I still to this day, I don't think we've talked about this on wax before, like on the pod before. But to this day, one of my favorite moments of all time as somebody who does this medium is when me and Edgar barged into yours this racist oh in Chicago. God. And scared all the white people that were in the audience because they just heard two black dudes come in yelling. <laughs> just from shouting back. from the back. It was, oh, my God. It so is funny. still to my day one of my favorite moments. Uh, I love uh, how it didn't occur to any of us that that might happen. <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't occur to me at all. It didn't like, we're like, oh, you guys should interrupt. We'll just be doing the show. And then you guys should just like cause cause a bunch of ruckus in the back of the room. Start yelling. Run up to the front. <laughs> Everybody will be so surprised. Like we, we knew the surprise was going to happen. We didn't know the fear. <laughs> <was gonna> <laughs> It was so fucking funny. And in retrospect, it makes absolute sense that people yeah. got so scared. <laughs> so scared. I mean, yeah, yeah. It was a little uh and it was like kind of a weird space. Like it was. That yes. space was a um I, I don't think it was a usual I, I think it was new to being a performance space. Mm-hmm. So I don't think anyone in our audience had ever been there to see anything. So yeah. You know, when you go to a brand new space that isn't obviously like a theater, like it used to be like a uh, a big banquet hall or something. My friend said he had um, his cousin had like a quinceanera there when they were younger. Um, oh, wow. So I feel like the audience like, you know, you're in a space like that. You don't know where the exits are. You don't know what's you know, who's coming from where it can be a little it could be a little trippy. Yeah, that's fair. Because if something that's went very down. Fair. Something went down in there. If we did come in there with some intention to do some shit, ain't that many places you can escape. Like you, yeah. you caught. <laughs> and those chairs, yeah, like, those oh. chairs were so uncomfortable too. Like I saw those chairs that they set up; they were not very comfortable chairs. Yeah. So I would, I would hate to have like be killed in some uncomfortable seat. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> that would be rough. Yeah. Yo, Just don't kill me on, steel on the chair. edge. Yeah. yeah. Don't <laughs> kill me on my couch. <laughs> there were those chairs you know chairs i'm talking where they're basically just folding chairs they just put like a little bit of cushion on them it's like these are not good chairs. yeah <laughs> these are new they're new church chairs yes where i grew up there yes. were a lot of brand new churches and so they only had yes. those chairs they only had those chairs because they didn't get the pews just yet so they were like oh we got these chairs yeah they yo, always put church, the name on the back of it my church growing up didn't have pews we just had chairs we yeah. only had chairs yeah yeah and remember you had to clean it up after service you had to like fold the chairs and put them back. It's like, why? We're going to oh, do this God. again next week. <laughs> because they had to let three different um, ballet groups, a, a, a community <laughs> theater rehearsal and a burlesque yeah. performer rehearse in there that week. That is so true. That is so true, man. Churches. Uh, it's such not. I mean, everyone's talking about like our restaurants going to survive this and all this stuff. Our church is going to survive this. Like oh, bro, church church out here paying gonna, rent. Church is going to survive. Uh, the church is gonna survive. Yeah, they gonna get they gonna get the congregation to help them survive. Yeah, people I mean, will pay to people, keep their churches alive. I'm like, go. will little weird storefront theaters survive? That's what I'm worried about. Uh, yeah, so much shit. You know, there's a Herald's here in L- in L. A. Now, and I've been getting it so much because I'm like, there's no way these niggas are surviving. Uh, yeah, this shit. They might the be, bro. They might on. be. They might be with the way they fucking charge you for delivery. They do. They do. <laughs> they might be. They charge you up the ass for that fucking delivery. But hey, yo, where you live at? 
Oh, Echo Park? Yeah, it's going to be $40 <laughs> delivery fee. $40? <laughs> That's why I go pick up, yep. bro. I go pick up. I can't. This, this delivery to Burbank. They'd be like, how much? Nah, bro. I'll see you in 10 minutes. <laughs> bro, and it's like, and then hey, you can tell it's just them. Then, it's just them delivering, too. Well, I'm sorry, Tiny. What were you saying? Oh, no. I was just going to say, and then you get a little activity. You get a little outing for the day. Win-win. Okay. Yeah. You get to step okay. outside, stretch the legs. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and, and, and see some people and get some chicken. I mean, what's what better are your, than that? Uh, yeah, what are your go-to pickup spots right now? What are you and the husbo picking up to get eat? Are you guys cooking? Are you guys really good about cooking? Oh, we cook. We cook everything. Um, we don't go out because I was. Uh, but when all this started, I was first of all. I went to Mardi Gras, so I'm oh like patient God. zero. I think I went to Mardi Gras, and <laughs> then I flew to Canada the second week of March, which was insane to work on uh, Twilight Zone which was great and fun and amazing. And I'm so glad I went. But as we were getting ready, because it was almost like a two-week shoot. So I was there mm-hmm. until March 16th. And I think the stay-at-home orders were the 15th. Yep. So on the 13th, which is a Friday, Twilight Zone production was like, hey, um, how about you come in tomorrow on Saturday and film your scenes? And then we are going to send you home immediately because shit's getting wild. And we were all, you know, because, like, the actors and the director were American and most of the crew was Canadian. So the crew was like, yeah, we're trying to go home. We're trying to go up to our little cabins up, you know, <laughs> in the <laughs> in the unpopulated <laughs> regions out here. Mm. Um, you Americans want to go the fuck home to your own broken country and deal with your own healthcare system, please? <laughs> um, right. So wow. they put me on a plane. And so I was like, but then my flight got canceled. And then I was like, and no one told me. It was just like the air the when I went to check in the um website was just like no this isn't a plane anymore I was like ma'am excuse me I'm trying to go home <laughs> yo uh, we took the wings off that plane so uh yeah, yeah we can't put that we in took the, the wings off My yeah no we had to build a now. hospital with that um <laughs> no but so <laughs> basically by the time I got home I was so frazzled and like legitimately freaked out because also I felt very like I I wasn't getting the same exact information that everyone in California was getting because you know when you're in Canada your your t- uh, Twitter algorithm and stuff is skewed a little bit locally so there was you know re- understandably less panic in Canada um maybe just because they have a little bit more faith in their healthcare system their government whatever i don't know why there was less panic but i definitely felt less panic there and then coming home was like california los angeles seemed like it was on fire not even to mention my friends in new york and chicago texting me so my husband and i were like we have been in so many airports we have been to mardi gras we are a fucking mess we're staying in the house we already have like a pantry and like a big extra freezer. So he had just filled all that shit up. And I think we stayed in the house for three and a half weeks. So I was just like, wow. you know what? I'm going to come out of this thing, a gourmet chef. I am not setting foot in a public space. Cause yeah. I could be, I could be riddled with this thing. You know, thankfully I didn't have any symptoms, but it was just, it was really scary not to bring yeah. the pod down. Sorry to get all doomsday. No, you didn't bring but, the pod down at all. I mean, yeah. I think that's what's scary about like, you know, people at our age and like, you know, at our activity levels is that we may not even show symptoms. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, 
like because yeah. we you know we, we're active we're out and about so we can like have that shit and not even know it and just be spreading it so i think i don't think that was you bringing it down i think that was you saying i'm an incredibly responsible person yeah versus yeah. me myself I was, I was all up in the stores i was in i was at u-haul i was in people's hands <laughs> yeah i saw I mean, a dude on the street i said hey man you want a handshake bro <laughs> i saw a dude on the street was like hey man you want a hug <laughs> let's, let's breathe on each other real quick let's breathe let's, on like, each other for five minutes the day the nba shut down is when it got real for i feel like a lot yeah. of us <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah especially me and that day i was at uh i was at ucb for mod night so i'm in the theater with 150 people touching and 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 yeah all fucking breathing and shit on each other and close and everything like that and then i'm just thinking we were doing that all the way up until we all just decided to stop. Bro. But we, mm, we were yes. all around. <laughs> like, so, <laughs> you know, that first month where a, a whole bunch of people got sick and unfortunately passed away, all of those people yeah. were in the same groups that we were in before this all stopped. So yes. I'm sure a lot of us had this more than we realized. And we're just lucky to be asymptomatic um and hopefully take our asses in the crib and, and stay I mean, there like you did tony leroy got into I an argument so. leroy got into an argument because uh <laughs> like people were, half of the team was just like yeah we should still perform on friday and the other half of the team was just like you're not gonna convince me to get out of my house and go to the theater and perform because i don't know if you remember originally when this shit started ucb was talking about how don't worry everything's gonna be okay we're gonna have a temperature scan and mm-hmm. people can't come in unless we do their temperature oh really scan. Yeah, and then we were like, fuck that. Like, I don't care how you yo, scan these people's temperature. I'm not performing. Yo, that week was wild because so many people, UCB changed their stance four times in 38, 36 in 38, hours. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. yeah, they went from, all right, we're going to, you know, check the temperature of everybody to, all right, we're probably going to close the training center down, but we'll still keep the shows up till. We're shutting the whole thing down to all you motherfuckers are fired. <laughs> uh, like in the span wow. of 36 hours. And it was yeah. the wildest shit. By that Friday, people were out of a job. Yeah. The, and uh, that 13. NBA shit happened on Wednesday. And that was yep. the first announcement they made that they were doing the temperature checks. And by that yeah. weekend, people didn't have a job anymore. People didn't have jobs anymore. Wow. It was wild. It was the wildest. So you're right. LA, it felt like here in LA especially because of entertainment. And I was working on the show and the, and Asia was like, yo, we're going to push to Friday. Now we're going to push to Monday. Actually, production is suspended. And yeah. just so yeah. much shit just stopped all of a sudden that it felt, I mean, it is bad, but it felt so yeah. crazy and felt so jarring to a lot of us, especially in the field that we work in for the most part. So it was wild. It was wild. Well, is yeah, that- I think you. Oh, go ahead. Oh, please go for it. Yeah, go ahead, Tony. I was just going to echo what you said about the NBA because um, I'm not even a, an avid sports follower, but it, if anything has been proved to me in my life is that um, sports doesn't wait for anyone or anything. Um, I think because I don't like watch it or care about it, I'm constantly floored at how uh, prevalent it is in my life mm. <laughs> just because it's like everyone is obsessed with this and it makes billions of dollars. Um, so for that to be canceled, I was like, wait a minute, wait, these billionaires are willing to lose billions of dollars this year? Okay, this is very real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's when you know shit's real. Yeah, that shit was wild. Yep. Um, 
Tony, one one thing that I it's the one the, the, the honestly, you know, the crazy thing for me this year, um, hmm. is that I felt like, and a lot of people have attested to this, but so many people, our friends, were feeling like they were they are on the come up. Like this was about to be like so much cool shit was, was about to go for, off for yes. a lot of our friends uh, and, and, and all, all of us uh, personally and our friends, a lot of shit was like starting to like really turn in really great directions for a lot of people. So it felt like a, a real big blow to kind of see that stop and not in a way that, you know, Oh, you won't get it back. Hopefully, when this all mm-hmm. ends, but but you know, it it felt it that momentum stopping. I felt that. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing that I am happy about is that a lot of our friends were blowing up, and a lot of our friends were doing dope shit, and and we're about to show, you know, the world at large just how big of stars they are and how great they are. And I think you, Tawny, are. At the top of that damn list, um, and oh, and thank you, that's so nice. <laughs> yeah, well, I remember. True, I remember at that at uh, at our Chicago show where you guys came on Culture Kings, uh, you chastised me a little bit for saying this this person is a damn star, and all y'all about to know it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I don't know what you're talking about, and now I'm telling you, Tawny. You a star and everybody about to know it. I'm so fucking hyped for Space Force to come out. Uh, I'm so hyped oh, for this show and I'm so happy for thank you. Thank you. It's so dope. Thank right? you. Cause I think I, at that um, time when we yeah. recorded in Chicago, uh, you had just had you had either just booked or were about to book that CBS pilot, right? Am I right about that? I don't know. Wait, when was that? That was in the fall. So that was like November. So I probably was just like waiting for Brockmire to come out maybe yeah i don't Brock fully Meyer, remember i think was Brockmire was yeah. the show yeah yeah so and then like i didn't know i didn't know anything things. about the pilot yet but yeah so i feel like you've had yeah. all these things that are like right about there and then now it's like boom 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 like you know you're hitting yeah i mean i it's been uh it's been good the last like two years i finally have felt like okay I'm doing things the way I want to be doing them and people are then hiring me. You know what I mean? Like, cause yeah. for so long, cause I just, I think of it in like these chunks of like in my twenties and, you know, I was back in Chicago. And so like the on-camera world is smaller and different there. Um, but in my twenties, I was trying so hard to contort to fit, to just try and get a role. So I was just like acting really hard just to try and book shit. And that didn't really work out. And then, you know, I moved here when I was right around 2930, I guess. Um, And so I was like, okay, like I'm a grown person now. I'm like gonna do me. Like I'm just gonna be me and they're gonna want it or not or whatever. And then like people weren't really feeling it. So now I finally feel like the two things have married and I just, I couldn't be more grateful. That's dope. That's I'm so, that's, that's such a cool thing to hear. And, and, and honestly, like so fucking relatable for, especially, you know, people that we fuck with, but just anybody, you know, when you finally find the, the best of both of your worlds uh, and you feel like it's paying off is such a rewarding feeling. I no, and I would assume in your in your you know aspect as well. Uh, all right, 
So we all homies, you know, we <laughs> homies. Uh, I gotta know, I gotta know, because this cast is insane. <laughs> um, like, it's not even oh. that you're doing a really dope show, it's that you're doing a dope no. ass show with truly just like fucking, fucking all star cast. Yeah, uh, yeah entire yeah. legends, yeah. How, I mean, how is it, you know, chop working with Steve Carell? And and you know Fred Willard just passed away, so working with him as well, and and all the dope people that were a part of that show, Ben Schwartz. I mean, how was that fucking energy, and how was that on set? How was that for you? Um. Well, I mean, first of all, you mentioned Fred Willard, and yeah, like we're recording today, and we just found out he passed today, this morning. Um. Um, that's, it's such a devastating loss. I didn't get to meet him. Our scenes weren't together. Um, but, uh, there's so many people in this show that there's a lot of people I didn't actually get to work with. I didn't get to work with Lisa Kudrow at all. Um, her stuff was totally satellite from mine and that, that bummed me out this season. But, um, her and Fred were two of the people I was hoping in second season I'd be able to work with a little bit because I've just been such a fan. Um, so that's, obviously very sad and you know everyone who ever met him or worked with him you know because I have a lot of old second city heads who love to talk about the the old timers and how great everybody was and everyone just has nothing but the kindest things to say about the man and so yeah that's obviously very sad um he from what I heard on set was he was so down to improvise like I guess you know they'd written him some really funny lines and um, I think he did them, but also like, you know, he was just getting up there and I think it was a little bit of a struggle to remember all the lines. Um, cause some of his scenes are a little bit longer. So I think they were just like, just go, man, just say whatever you want. You're one of the funniest people in the world. Um, and so I think, uh, he got to improvise a lot and I don't know if this was his last project. I have no idea, but, um, I'm, uh, I'm so grateful that was. people will get to see his work. It, it says it was. Yeah. It says Oof. this is going to be, this is going to be his last, um his last on-camera uh, performance. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Well, God, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm so grateful, even though I didn't get to meet him, like, just to be in a cast that involves him, uh, that's, like, a lifelong, that's a that's a dream. Yeah. I read the yeah. pilot for the show, um, Tawny, and uh, it seems like there. it's a very, uh, it's obviously a very comedic show, but kind of based off of what you're saying about it being longer scenes, it does seem very character-driven and almost like, it doesn't like you know what I mean. Like it's it doesn't seem like a, yeah. a raunchy like ha ha. Here's a funny premise, but it really does seem like you're really getting deep and getting to know these characters. Yeah, I think so. Especially for only ten episodes, ten half hour episodes where there is so much going on. I mean, mm-hmm. there there are literal army tanks rolling in and uh, helicopters and all you know rocket launches and huge huge movie budget size setups. And there's so many characters and so many, you know, so many of these guest stars are like, like I had a friend be like, why does your name appear before Jane Lynch? I'm like, great fucking question. There's a lot going on. I don't know. Um, <laughs> what a terrible question to ask your friend. Yo, why oh, your name above yeah, this my, person? <laughs> yeah. My friend is not in the industry and he very sweetly was like, I'm happy for you, babe, but it kind of looks like a mistake that you're in front of her and Lisa Kudrow. I was like, yeah, no, I get it. Um <laughs> But uh, but no, but I am so impressed with how they were able to keep the characters really grounded and really flesh them out and give everybody Mm -hmm. 
you know, give everybody like a real. And I think that, you know, that comes from Steve. Steve and Greg wrote the pilot together. And then there was a, a room of fantastic writers that wrote the other nine. And I, you know, I didn't know Steve before this. And from what I know of him now, I think he's just so invested in like making true, real people. You know, he's not trying to sacrifice people for, you know, characters for jokes. So I think that's what you probably felt come through in the pilot. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it, it I mean, I, I kind of felt that when you were talking about like that whole like 20s, 30s thing. And like, I think something that uh, a lot of people don't know about Steve Carell is that this dude's been in the game for a minute. Like he's been acting. Yeah. You watch like old sitcoms, like even like Seinfeld. He appears in Seinfeld sometimes. He appears in like a lot, a lot of those old NBC, CBS sitcoms in these bit roles because he's been going at it for a very long time. And so when I read the pilot, I was just like, I was just blown away by how uh, relatable that lead character was. And I don't want to give away what the situation was, but I was like, this is a brilliant way into it of like, yeah, I, I don't want to give it away. But I, I was like, this is such a brilliant way into it of putting this person in charge of this thing, because I was expecting something that was going to be like, ha, isn't it stupid that Trump wants to do this? But I was like, no, this is actually such a fascinating way to get that satire across while also giving us characters that we kind of want to hang out with. Well, yeah, because I I think you hit it right on the head because I don't think it it was ever anyone's intention to be like, isn't this whole thing fucking stupid? Because like, how do you get season after season out of something that you kind of hate? (laughs) Like (laughs) out of an idea that you hate? Like, I, I think the idea is legitimately like, okay, well, this may have come together in a strange way and from a strange person's brain, um, but there are very real people who are very relatable who have to figure out how to do this. And they're going to be at the top of their game, many of them. They're going to be really smart. They're going to be from all over the world. So let's get into them and why they're funny and interesting as opposed to like, you know, so then it really does become like a workplace comedy, um, which I'm I'm happiest in stuff like that anyway, because it's kind of like, you know, when you do an improv show and you ask for a suggestion and people want to shout gynecologist or like they're trying to shout the craziest thing they can think of. And it's like, that's not actually what makes a good, great, fertile scene. Like you shouting out a premise that you just want to see us dunk on, because what does that get us like one or two jokes? And then we have to figure out what else the scene is about. I, I think it's it's smarter. You know, I'm always happier at an improv show when someone's just like, an empty highway or whatever. And you're like, cool. Now we can figure out what makes this um, interesting. Yeah. 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 The best, the best suggestions are always shit like napkin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, just the most mundane shit. Yeah. Can you talk about, so you play Angela Ali in the show. Uh, yeah. Uh, can you, I mean, as much as you can, you know, obviously don't spoil it because we all going to be binging it, baby. But can you talk yeah. about, <laughs> can you talk about your character and, 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 you know, and how you yeah. relate to the show? Yes, I can. Um, uh, she is a helicopter pilot. She transferred over from the air force. Um, and she gets put on, the detail to uh, safely transport the general. So um, General Naird, played by Steve Carell, is her direct boss and like her main kind of coworker that we see because she's kind of in charge of making sure he gets safely from place to place. She alludes to the fact that like, you know, she's been in war zones. It's unclear if she's been in combat directly, but the idea is that she's a very good pilot. Um, Yeah, so then... Yeah, so a person like that, 
she has a math degree. And so I think, you know, there's allusions to her, you know, reasoning for switching to Space Force because she could have stayed a pilot in the Air Force and been just fine. Um, but uh, but yeah, there's some there's some reasons why she wanted to be in the Space Force. And uh, yeah, I think she really looks up to uh, General Naird. Like he has, there's this tiny little moment in the pilot where she just asks him like, can you fly um, F-35s, this specific type of Lockheed jet? And he answers like, yeah, I can fly that and I can fly all the other F-series. And she's just like, that is so cool. You know, I think she's just bursting inside because mm. it's, um, that's what she wants. Like she wants to be as skilled as him. And so they form like a, a, a little bond. And I think that's all I can say. I think I danced around all the things that have, that are like <laughs> redacted in my, you know, the press materials they give out and things are just blacked out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just yeah. Like you can only say my character is a woman and <laughs> she, she's black. Cats, she flies it a helicopter the end <laughs> bye bye <laughs> uh, yeah. premiering like- on netflix <laughs> yes <laughs> actually actually you can't say netflix if you cannot say netflix just say that it's premiering please. oh shit uh it's a streaming program sometimes i listen to like when b- big big stars give interviews ahead of something being released and i used to think like why do they sound so stiff and insane and weird and i think it's because people are you're playing this game trying to dance around shit you're not allowed to say. Yes. Yes. And you're probably also hiding, like, I don't, I didn't have this problem on set, but like, if you hate somebody that you're working with, like, yep. <laughs> they're probably trying to be like, yes, that director had a lot of ideas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I won't say what show I was working on, but when I watched the press videos for that show, I was just like, oh, yeah, this is, that's why they sound like this. Like, I forgot what they asked. Oh. They asked one of the people this question, just like, what was it like shooting this thing? And they were like, you know, it was a ride. It was just such a <laughs> ride. And I was like, yo, I get it now. Cause like you're all just like, they say these crazy, they say these crazy ass things, but it's like, oh, they just can't say because it's like in your contract. Yeah. It's like essentially in your contract that you have to like a show so that you work on. So like uh yeah, it was like so weird seeing it from the other side now. And also made me realize that like I mean, obviously, Space Force is going to be great. But, like, on the other side of things of, like, realizing that so many things go into a show being bad that it's never that show's fault. Like, so many things have to go right for a show to be good. Yeah. And so many weird little things that would have been fine in a different set of circumstances suddenly now seem bad. Or, yeah. I, I think especially working on a show that was this big. I mean, it was so big. There were so many locations I like every two weeks I would show up to work and it was a different, I felt like I was in a completely different world. It was like shooting like 20 different little movies. Um, So I, I, it gave me a lot of respect for like, oh wow, there's a lot riding on every single small part of this of which I am one. And Mm -hmm. yeah, it just, it's wild. Can I actually, can I actually Tony? So one of my favorite things, uh, you know, and, as a performer, entertainer in general, is when you do get a script and and it's probably about something that you don't know how to do, uh, like in your case. I mean, unless you do know how to fly a helicopter, which I don't want to assume you don't. But Nope, nope, okay. never gonna, never gonna do <laughs> okay. it. Too scared. Right, right. But like, so it's really cool to kind of like deep dive into 
learning about that type of stuff so you can have a little more of a complete understanding of, you know, who I'm playing or what I'm writing about. And then especially when you have a, a big budget studio behind you to also help you learn how to do or learn mm-hmm. about stuff. Uh, how much did you have to learn about the Air Force and helicoptering and all of that? Like, have you been in a helicopter during this process? Um, well, the cool thing is, is that what we shot in is a real helicopter. It just had its oh, wow. blades removed. And then they VFXed in the blades. And then everything we shot, we were on the ground. And then they would, you know, green screen things. And so when we're flying, we're obviously shooting that on the ground, but then they put it in the air. Um, I like over explain that everyone understands. Um, (laughs) I'm like, we did not fly a helicopter. That is the magic of computers. Wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa, whoa. Sorry guys. Sorry to break it to you. I'm so sorry. Uh, Yeah. Next thing thing you're going to tell me is we didn't land on the moon. Yeah. No, everybody knows that that Christopher Reeves, Christopher Reeves really could fly. (laughs) And then one time he forgot he was flying and he fell. And that's why he liked this now. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. All right, we're going to take a break. Um, (laughs) Sure. (laughs) You know what I really loved, though, was uh, learning from, we had a military advisor on set, um, this dope guy named Mark. He, like, and he's worked on like a bunch of shows before he's worked on like Westworld and all kinds of stuff. And so he was doing everything from like talking to all the background extra, like background actors, telling them how to stand, teaching them parade rest, teaching them to salute all this stuff because little things that like, I certainly don't know, like, because I'm an officer when I address certain people or walk by certain people, like, you know, you're on a military base, like you're not just lounging around when someone of a higher rank walks by, Um, especially like when Steve would enter a room or something like they, they have to, you know, not salute. I I forgot what it is. They either have to come to uh, attention from parade rest or vice versa. Anyway. Um, so, but that dude was doing everything from like running all the extras, teaching them all of that shit to like double checking our uniform stuff. Like he would come and look at the patches on my flight suit and made sure like I understood what they meant, made sure that, you know, they were in the right spot. So he's talking to costuming and stuff. And I really geeked out over that because I was like, here's a man, you know, he had a, a cool career in the army that he really, really loved. For whatever reason, he decided to leave it. And now he gets to be like, you know, Hollywood sets, we all know that they can be grueling as well as glamorous. But for him, like, I I just saw so much joy with him every day. He was like, every day, so fucking happy to just like, be on a set, talking to people like John Malkovich and stuff, teaching us his expertise. I was like, this is, this is the sweetest gig for the right person. Yeah, that sounds dope. That sounds so fun. And it's like, those people are so important because you know there's going to be that person in the comments who'll be like, that's not what you do. That's not what that patch means. So, like, those people are there to protect, you know, you from getting them Twitter trolls coming in your, like, you know, your ats. Oh, yeah. You're supposed to be at ease when this character comes in and all that. Oh, my gosh. I was tripping about that, too, because I, you know, there isn't a ton of, especially for um, black women, there are not a ton of representations of of black women in the military, in in a comedy especially, we get to see a lot of black women going through some trauma, um, but we don't get to see a lot of them just kind of like doing their job well and hanging out and being kind of funny. So I was like, you know, it it is important to me to get as much right as is within my power. Sometimes there's just like movie magic shit that has to happen. And so I was having a moment with 
um, operating some of the controls in the helicopter that I knew, you know, they wanted me to do a certain thing, like reach for something with my hand. And I knew that my hand had to be somewhere else in the helicopter at that moment. And so I'm talking to the director, like people online are going to, this is not going to go over well if I reach for that thing right now. And he's like, Tony, it's a TV show. Can you just, just reach for the post-it note or whatever? <laughs> can you like, just, that's not how it goes. Can you just turn? I'm like, wheel. somebody's going to be like the, the, the nose would dip if you do that or whatever, you know? <laughs> Honestly, to those people, I say, if you watching the show and you recognize that you're insane, you're, you know what's funny, Dickies? <laughs> Jaquise, what's funny about that is that that's our reaction in the writer's room to that that kind of a person. Because every writer's room has that person. We call it refrigerator logic. But like... Yeah. Uh, we, But I feel like on set, it comes back. Because it's like, it is kind of true. It's just like, yeah, the point would crash. But in the room, like, you're right, Jaquise. It's just like, it's so annoying when that one person's like, well, actually, it would take them this long. Like, I yeah. don't give a fuck, bro. I just want to finish this script. I want to go home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's also like, where's the measure of reality, especially when you're dealing with a comedy? Like, because there's some why this is pretty grounded, but there is some wild shit that happens where you're just like, well, it's TV. Uh, (laughs) I honestly can't wait. I can't I can't wait to binge it. I can't wait to watch it. Uh, it, It seems funny. The trailer for it. Oh, uh, it was so funny. So uh, what's yeah. the song that played at the end of the trailer again? I, it's escaping me Oh, right Kokomo? Now. Yes, Kokomo. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, uh, I I can't stand the Beach Boys that, I mean, let me not say I can't stand them. I, I, <laughs> I you know, I, whatever. There's no point. <laughs> the Beach Boys are, I, every time I think of the Beach Boys, I think of uh, Full House and John Stamos for whatever reason. I don't know why. You think of Full House? Say what again? Did he, did he, I was just repeating you. You think of Full House. Did he like the, the Beach Boys? I don't remember that. He loved them. He loved them. So every time I think of them, every time I think of them, I just think of like Uncle Jesse singing it to like (laughs) the Olsen twins. Uh, And that makes you mad? It does. I don't know why. But then I forget like (laughs) they had some hits though. They had some fucking hits that that Uh, I need to respect. So and Coco was a fun one. And that was such a fun trailer. So I'm so That's me and the Beatles. That yeah. Yeah. Oh, did you guys have an argument about the Beatles uh last time you came on? No, we did not have an argument about the Beatles. Oh, let's not start this again. Another prominent music star that we will not bring up. We don't need to do it. We don't need to do it, (laughs) We don't need to do it. Nah, I want to rehash. We want to keep things I friendly. Rehash this. Nah. <laughs> All uh, I know is that HBO released a doc, and I won that fight. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Tony, real quick. HBO also has a doc about Justin Timberlake, and it ain't about him fucking kids. That's all I'll say. <laughs> oh my god! All right, all right. Uh, well, you know, I had forgot who you guys were talking about, but now that you, you know, brought it up, I'm going to say, yeah, let's go ahead and move on. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> let's go ahead and move on. Uh, Tony, real quick, this is just, re- I, I, me and Edgar thought, you know, since you are obviously the leading expert on all things space, you know what I'm saying? Oh um, yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I'm fully a scientist now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we, we need to come to you for all of our space needs you know, and mm-hmm. I'm just wondering, you know, because it, it doesn't seem like we're going to be able to party here on Earth anytime soon, you know. Mm, 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we want to go. So I feel like the next party is going to probably be out there in space. So, you know, as somebody in the Space Force and as somebody who knows everything about space, uh, can you <laughs> tell us, can you tell us like what what what's going to be, you know, the ideal party for us to go to when we get into space? Yeah. So we like to do yeah. it as like theme. Food. What else? Oh, entertainment. Okay. I forgot the rest of them, Jaquees. And venue, but I'm going to say venue is space. Yeah, the venue is space. <laughs> yeah. Venue's already covered. Venue's covered. Venue's covered. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. What's the theme of this party? What can we wear? What kind of, what kind of entertainment Ooh. are we going to have? And what are we eating? Okay. So, I guess the party has to take place, like, on the ISS or something. I'm trying to think of oh, yes. something that's just out there already, that's neutral, you know, because we don't right. want it to, like, be, have to be an American thing or a Russian thing or whatever. Right. Um, so the International Space Station can accept people from wherever. Um, oh, wow. And we, I don't know how many people, I don't know what its venue capacity is, but let's say, let's say it'll hold enough people to have our little party. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. And there is, there's zero gravity on the ISS, but mm. I think we, we're going to want to try to have like an Earth party. I think the theme is like Earth. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. Because we miss it, right? And we miss we partying on Earth. We do. Mm. So, and it's going it's going to be hard so, to shake some ass on in zero gravity, you know. We can't That's true. Or is Working it that like once you start shaking it, it never stops shaking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. You you're the expert, so if that's what I yeah, mean, you tell us. You tell us. Yeah, something about like infinite inertia or something like that. <laughs> okay. Um okay. Okay, so I think we're going to want to, like, strap ourselves down. We're going to have to agree what's the bottom of the space station. <laughs> okay. And then we're going to strap ourselves down so we feel like we're, like, standing. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think we're going to drink. We're going to drink out of Red Solo cups. I think we're going to make it, like, college college beer party because we're just going to want the most basic experience because yeah. we miss them yeah. but they'll, they'll have to have lids so that the liquid doesn't fly up out okay um okay and the music is gonna be you know i guess like everybody can have everybody can pick a track based on everyone's age like what was the biggest song of their like college life i guess oh that's a good My, question that's a good question n- like, what was the one that was always put on at parties? I feel like my first year of college, I don't know what year of college it was, but I know that Hey Ya was played yeah. at every party. Every mm-hmm. party. Yeah, that's what and I was And people, thinking. no one was sick of it. No one was sick of it forever. So, like, that's going to be my music pick. Mine okay. is going to be Right Above It by Lil Wayne and Drake. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That was playing everywhere or forever by Drake. You pick whichever one that was playing at every party. Uh, Okay. Mine is unfortunate. Uh, Uh You know, but I think it, it, it probably would have to be the ignition remix is what was what was always playing freshman year of college for, uh, for everybody. You could you could uh, play you could play sexy back, no problem. That's true. I mean, yeah, that's true. I'm gonna go ahead and play ignition remix. Uh <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now nah, I'm gonna play sexy back. I'm gonna play sexy back. I'm gonna play this is a non problematic uh space party. So we're gonna play <laughs> sexy back. Uh, by Justin Timberlake. 
Yep. Okay. And what else did we say? You got to decide the food. I think it's just oh, college food. food. It's just snacks. College food. Chicken okay, fingers okay. and, you know, just a bag Chip. of Doritos just open on the on the counter somewhere. Okay. Some Jimmy Johns. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Tony, I have a very important question. Hit me. Can anybody go to space? Because I was legitimately thinking about this. Let's say that by some way. I figured out how to launch my Toyota Corolla to 2018 into space. Would I get in mm-hmm. trouble when I get there or do I have to like travel through specific means? I am unaware if there's any sort of space police currently. So mm-hmm. the question of will you get in trouble? Like I don't you would have to encounter someone in order to be in trouble. Like that's facts. Otherwise, you've just got mission control down on Earth being like, hey, hey, get out of there. What are you doing? <laughs> but yeah, what's really going to happen? You'll be in trouble when you come back, I think, is the the main thing. So are you prepared to go up there and live your life is what you have to ask yourself. But why would I get in trouble when I came back? What rule did I break by going to space? Mm, probably some sort of well, let's see. You can't just get in a plane and fly it. So probably some kind of like air space mm. law, you know, like mm. you got to be approved to fly your plane. That's so I imagine right. if you're leaving the atmosphere, there's some you, you have to traffic have a, controller a, a, people. You have to have like an astronaut's license, right? Yeah. I bet you have to have an astronaut's license. Yeah, I got, my, I got my permit, but I still haven't taken my driver's <laughs> test. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> you have to fly with an adult astronaut for <laughs> another year and a half. <laughs> yeah, I remember when I had your permits, and you'd be like, your friend be like, "Can I get a ride?" Be like, "I can't give you a ride. I need someone twenty-one or older to be in the car with me so I can give you a ride." <laughs> Damn, was it twenty-one? <laughs> Yeah, in Texas, you, if you were like, if you had your driver's permit, you couldn't just have your friends in the car with you. You had to have yeah. someone who was 21 or older. I felt like in Illinois, they didn't, it was 18. Oh, in California, I think it might have been 25 because they didn't want just a bunch of 15-year-olds rambling <laughs> around in a in their parents' Acura together. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pretend like, well, I have a permit and he has a permit and them two in the back have a permit. It's like, yeah, they don't cancel each other out. Y'all are all learning <laughs> right. <to drive>. <laughs> <laughs> They don't add up to one legitimate license. <laughs> uh, the only, the only most important, the last question I have for you, Tani, the most important question I have for you that I have to know, you know, as somebody who has been to space, I'm assuming mm. now, um, did you guys find George Clooney? Is he still, you know, out there roaming around space from gravity? You know, when Sandra Bullock kicked him out of that, that, mm-hmm. uh, that spaceship is he still out there is he okay um you know i can neither confirm nor deny um okay where clooney what about, is what, and what about bruce willis bruce will he's fine he's back he's fine i saw him in a hotel a, a couple months ago okay, <laughs> okay. pre pre covid pre covid yeah 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 <laughs> he quarantined also with like Jamie. you because there's no seasons in L.A. When I say a couple months ago, what I'm realizing I mean is last April. <laughs> <laughs> That's when I actually that saw him. Trade? It was April. I think that was a fair trade. Ben Affleck for Bruce Willis. Wait a minute. What? Wait. And Armageddon. What happened to Ben That was a trade. Oh, ben Affleck oh, was oh. supposed to ignite that shit. And then Bruce Willis was like, nah, I'll go. And I'm asking, was that a fair trade? Ooh. I nah, guess we could have launched up Ben. 
Right? We could have let Ben. I didn't look. I understand that Liv Tyler liked him and she cared about him, but I was like, "Yo, bring Bruce Willis back. Leave Ben Affleck's ass up there." <laughs> yeah, bring Bruce Willis back. Bring everybody back and just send a robot. Just do yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Just do that. Just send a robot. We'll all be good. Uh, Tony, this was very fun to talk about space force i just chat with the homie. you guys are I, the best uh you know it was so good to talk to you and see you it's always good to talk to friends during the that's right this crazy shit um that's right so it was dope yes. i'm truly so hyped and so happy for this show and and everything else that i know is gonna pop off for you as we keep on that's going right. um so oh you guys are so kind thank you i mean truly i would have come on and just talk about talked about nothing but you were so kind to let me nerd out about you know uniform regs and stuff so <laughs> no that's just thanks fire. for that's uh, just chatting fire. about it yeah well yeah uh, I, I feel like fans have you know two questions which is one when does the show drop and then two uh would you rather sleep with your great 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 grandfather or your great 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 grandson <laughs> And before we let you go, you have to answer both of them. <laughs> um, the show drops on Netflix May 29th. Oh, and oh no, my connection must have dropped. Tony, I can't hear Tony, you guys can't anymore. Hear you. Tony, Tony, Hello? I can't hear you. Tony. That was a great conversation. Uh, but before we move on in that conversation, I would like to apologize to Matt Apodaca. Uh, I can tell that Matt Apodaca is frustrated by us and he's upset. Uh, and I want to let Matt know I'm very sorry. We appreciate what you do. We know how hard it is. And uh, to Ryan as well. We know how hard it is to do these podcasts in quarantine. To like manage all these guests. Try to get them to be on time. Try to get them to do the work. So we appreciate you, Matt. Ditto. <laughs> now, why would you think that? Why would I think what? That you were mad? Why? Because I'm sitting here while you guys do your work? No, because you literally yelled at us when we ended the oh, last right episode. Before, oh, yeah, right before the last one. Yeah, you literally I mean, yelled at... No one could hear that, but Matt did yell at us. For I, I don't think I said. I, I felt think bad. I, I felt really bad. I felt like, wow, we guess we don't appreciate Matt. We make his life so. I bad. wouldn't say that I yelled. I wouldn't mm. characterize it as yelling. I think what well, I did use a lot was of a abusive tone. parents don't. A lot of abusive parents don't categorize it as yelling. Mm -hmm. I, I I I would say that I I maybe put my foot down as the my mom. My mom and grandmother used to spank me with the thickest belt in the house, and they don't consider that hitting your child. Yeah, my mom used to beat the shit out of me, and she thinks that that's just proper discipline. Well, whatever I did, I was right. Hmm. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, if you want to say uh, that, but... That's how you want to feel. That's how you want to feel. I guess... Uh, were guess we were you apologizing get... so I could apologize? Is that what you were trying to get me to do? No, Matt. No, I'm saying I'm sorry. I realized that that last bit that I did went too far, and I'll, I won't do it again. And I say it ditto. I won't. You guys don't understand that there is so much on the cutting room floor mm -hmm. of this show because we do these bits that Matt has to cut out 
because he works so hard to make sure our show is quality. People will text me and they go, oh, wow, Air, uh, Culture King sounds better now. It feels better now. It's moving so much better. I'm like, that's Matt and Ryan. That's them doing the work. I truly am interested in how much shit gets cut out of these episodes. <laughs> I don't listen, so I have no idea. I don't idea. listen to the that, show. They're using it against us. They're using it against us that we don't listen. Do you guys, what's your thought? What's your thought on hosts that listen to their shows after they're at, like every week? That's whack to me. I don't understand it. I That's don't get it. It it, it 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 becomes a point of like I did the work and it's out in the world now. You know what I'm saying? Like it's out in the world. Like it's not. It's different. Like I'll share it and be like, "Hey, enjoy this work." But it's like at some point, it's out in the world. Like I feel like if I ever had a TV show, I wouldn't watch it live on air because I I mean probably because I'd be fucking tired of it at that point. Not even yeah, you would probably. You would probably. I mean, well, for special things like if it's the first ever episode or if you are doing something like that maybe but watch it every week live nah <laughs> okay okay so matt ladies I just and gentlemen to say... oh sorry L- ladies and no, gentlemen no, matt, no sorry jakees no i was trying to do a clean i'm trying to do a clean end to Me... the queen of the week oh okay all right so you go for it so ladies ladies and gentlemen this is a clean cut this is cl- i'll this... start okay this is a clean intro into Queen of the Week. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a clean intro. Oh shit, you said it already. Go yeah. I already said it. Right. it. Let's just no, let's just do it again. Let's just do it again. Okay. Queen Welcome Queen of the Week. Queen of the Week. Okay. <laughs> Stunning work as always, Kings. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you uh, so much. Well, considering today is a Netflix day, we had Tawny on. Uh, go watch Space Force. It, it's going to be releasing pretty soon after we release this episode, if I'm not mistaken. May 29th. Yeah, it'll be out this Friday. Uh, yeah, so it'll be out this Friday, or if you're listening to this late, like all you mofos do, uh, it's already out. So go watch that. But another show I want y'all to watch is A Friend of All of Ours. It's a movie. It's not a show. It's a movie from A Friend of All of Ours. Uh, and uh, Is this person a real pain in my butt? Uh, is she? Never mind. <laughs> That's what you were saying. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I don't know. Maybe she is. Maybe she is. I don't know. Uh, the movie is All Day and a Night. And the queen of the week this week is the homie Shakira Janae Pai. Uh, or Pai. Oh, that's why. You don't, you don't know how to say her last name. That's why you ain't get the joke. How do you say her last name? Pain. Shakira Pain. Oh, where the, where the N at? It's an N in there. P-A-Y-N-E, isn't it? No, it's P-A-Y-E. Damn. I've been saying her, long, her last name wrong <laughs> for several years. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me get her name clean <laughs> shakira janae pay uh yeah i it listen don't nobody know anybody's last names get the like give me a break everybody most of y'all don't say my name right so shit <laughs> all right anyway she is the queen of the week she's a friend of mine she's a friend of all of ours uh great ass performance in the movie 
and uh you know she's a she's one of those hybrids where i you know in our community i know her as a writer mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. she always on tv uh so she's she, an amazing actor yeah she's such an amazing actress so she is definitely going to have one of those blow up careers where she she going to be able to do it all, like an Issa Rae type. Yeah, I can create and write a show and I can star in it. Uh, that's the yes. energy that Shakira gives off and the talent that she exudes. Uh, so go watch the movie all day and the night. And you've heard her on this pod before. Yeah, she did the episode with Anna. Uh, oh, yeah. The, where they just hosted the episode by themselves. Yeah. Uh, yeah. An episode so. that I cannot stress enough. Earwolf did not want us to do. Or not Earwolf. iHeart did not want us to do. Oh, did they not? Fuck them. Um, Who's your queen of the week? (laughs) My queen of the week, I do not know this person's name. I just know how they make me feel. And it's very funny. And it is the person who invented... I want to make sure I give this black woman credit. Because I've seen white people starting to do this on Vine. So I want to give her all the credit. She invented the meme on TikTok right now. Where it'll say something like, uh, free, free pound of crab legs, and then she'll come in walking like all weird with her butt out. And then it'll say, after a purchase, and then she'll walk right out. And that meme, I have seen it a hundred different ways with a hundred different captions, and it kills me every time. So I want to shout her out for making me laugh during this quarter and just making sure that we know when you see some white kid doing that TikTok later on, a black woman did it first. Mm-hmm. Now, do I care enough to look up her name? Absolutely not. But I just want to give her her flowers while she's still here. Uh, a queen who we didn't know her name, and another one who we likely mispronounced her name. We are, we're great guys. We're nothing thematic, but if nothing else. Nothing but greatness on Culture Kings. I do want to end this episode by saying, Matt, I do appreciate you. And that's it. I appreciate you. And Ditto. you better leave. And you better leave all that shit in. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Jaquise Neal on every single piece of social media. Edgar Montplazier on the Twitter. Awful Graham on the gram. Culture Kings Pod on everything. Follow the money. Follow the money. Stitcher Premium bonus content coming. Use the code word KINGS for a free month when it drops June 15th. 16th. June 16th. Bye bye. Coach King.